warmest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching, where we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is... Hi, I'm Helen. I'm currently teaching reception year one children at a tiny school in Buckinghamshire. Hi, I'm Toria Bono. I'm a year four teacher at a very large junior school, and I'm also the host of the podcast Tiny Voice Talks. And today we are exploring personal social health and emotional learning outcomes with this week's folktale from Indonesia. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for The Wrong Side of a Giant. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you sign up as an epic educator, you'll also get a copy as an ebook or paperback illustrated by Winnie the Witch's very own Corky Paul, as well as the full audiobook for you to download at any time, and even some tips for telling the story yourself. Which, as we said yesterday, is very, very important. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Helen and Toria here. We got carried away with our English yesterday, and so we are um, doing uh, things a little bit out of order. We're going to be with our personal social health and emotional in this well, actually, it could be emotional and economic, couldn't it? Because this is a yeah. <laughs> this is a story for Fair Trade Fortnight. So I imagine that any of the morals um, and PSHE that you pick out from it are, well, I I hope they are very much linked to Fair Trade Fortnight because that means that my job as the writer is done. <laughs> so Helen, would you back me up on the 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 Fair Trade theme? I think I'm probably going to have to. Um, <laughs> Don't worry about my feelings. If, if you come first, out with something completely different, <laughs> well, the first the first area I, I thought we could look at is just the idea of sharing, actually, right. which is can be covered across so many so so many aspects of of primary school life, anyway, but also with Fair Trade Fortnight mm. as well. Um, so I focused in on the fact that um, at the start of the story, Tutumu um, doesn't have much. Um, she has, I think, three dresses and she has these um, two mugs of stew a day that actually she's not really supposed to have. So she really doesn't have much at all. And depending on your school and the children you have in your school, in my school in particular, um, I know that there's not many children in my school that, that, well, there's no children that have just three changes of clothes. And so I thought it would be a, a good way in to gently introducing younger children to the fact that actually not everybody has as many material possessions yeah. as, as some other people may do. Mm. Um, I thought that was, it was a good introduction to that. And I thought that's a very um, concrete image for them, just three dresses, um, because they, at our school, in fact, we don't have a school uniform. So the children come into school usually in different clothes every day yeah, so they get yeah. one set muddy. Um, so actually they all have more clothes than two tumors. So I thought it would be, it would, it would open itself up to a, a good discussion, really, and actually to the children, because they're, they're sort of four or five years old, they might not have come across this idea before. Um, they may have done, but they may not, um, of of the differences across the world. And it, it, in our country, in any any given country, in, in possessions. And mm. and you could move on to the idea of, of sort of sharing some of what they have, um, maybe thinking about some clothes they have that could go to a charity shop because they don't use them anymore or some toys. Oh, so it make, gives it a sort of very practical application as well, mm. this whole idea of sharing. So 
that's where I thought we could start with the early years. I love discussions like that, that fire children up so that they end up still talking about it when they get home and, you know, they're, yes. they're then having these sorts of discussions with their grown-ups and maybe, like you say, taking some clothes along to a charity shop um, just a, a few days later. Yeah, I think you could absolutely do sharing the load while working together is, um, you know, the best mm. way forward and so on. But actually, I felt that for Key Stage 2, you could really develop their understanding of re the return that the farmers in the world deserve and actually move that on to, okay, let's look at supermarkets. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that understanding for children that just because this, this item in a supermarket is cheaper than the same thing here, but it's made by a different person, doesn't mean that the person that's grown it has actually got the same return. And really then developing that understanding of fair trade, looking, you know, linking it to yeah. the return that Tutamun and her mum were getting, you know, was it a good return? Um, and actually what would have been a better return for them? Mm. And as I say, because that's what fair trade is all about, ensuring that the people that grow the things that we have are actually getting a decent return on their investment. And then looking at why potentially the larger supermarkets might not be giving them a good return on their investment and actually who's is that right like if you're mm. again looking at from viewpoints you know if you're the supermarket well it seems utterly right to you yeah. but if you're the farmer yeah. it doesn't and also looking at it from the point of view of um impoverished families and shoppers yeah you know, yes. th th there's such an, a need for for them to be able to survive on a very tight budget even in this country yeah yeah so. absolutely and and in a sense, if you take it one stage further, you know, fair trade products do tend to be slightly more expensive Definitely. than non-fair trade products, which then means that impoverished families can't necessarily invest in them mm. and they'll buy the cheaper one. So actually looking, I think this is for, you know, upper key stage two, mm. looking at what's right and what could we do about it? Because I think you know, should impoverished families be able to afford fair trade products? Mm. And should fair, you know, actually, if we did that, would the world function better? Mm. Yeah, because I suppose the idea is that you uh, prevent there being so many impoverished families Absolutely. in the in in the world. But then, yeah, are, are they going to be able to actually afford to buy the products that they themselves are having a hand in? helping to put out there so very very complicated very very nuanced discussions with with nine to eleven year olds i mean w w would you helen would you, would you explore that sort of thing with um the the ages down your end potentially i think i think you could definitely look at what like if you take in a fair trade chocolate bar for example i definitely mm. think you could have that conversation with the children about what does this actually mean sort mm. of the ins and outs of the people producing the food and i think can might get a bit complicated but i think it's a really good way to introduce the idea to young children is to have something concrete get you know get some foods and things from the supermarket that do have the fair trade label yeah. and just start from there this is what this means so that then yeah. the children have something to look out for in the shops with their grown-ups and they have some idea of of the fact that our food comes from somewhere <laughs> which yeah. is a whole other learning objective <laughs> um, yeah. our food comes from somewhere where does it come from and who who does the hard work 
So yes, you could definitely. In conclusion, you can definitely begin the discussion <laughs> with four, four, five, and six-year-olds. Absolutely. Just just a quick sidebar. Um, there are actually way more fair trade symbols now. I, I don't know if you folks have noticed, but mm. Cadbury's I, I recently saw yeah, they, yeah. they've stopped using the usual fair trade logo mm. and they've got their own one. Um, and I think it's the same with Kenko and, and a few other companies. Um, so it's interesting that e- even the fair trade principle has now diversified and there's almost, you know, a healthy competition to yeah. be more fair, which is yeah. which is really interesting. Did you find any other uh, PSHE elements for the ages four to seven? Uh, one other one I thought would be just an interesting discussion, really, depending on how far you want to take it, was this the idea of different families. Um, oh, OK. Because it struck me at the start of the story. There was Tutumu and her mum, mm-hmm. um, and then the giant kind of joined their family, which I quite I quite liked. I think it's really important in in today's world to for children to be aware that families take lots and lots of different forms. And I I just I like I like the idea that at the end of the of the story you could have that discussion. Oh, is he kind of part of their family now? What is a family? You know, That's some children might idea. say, oh, he's not part of the family. He can't be part of the family because you know he's a giant or something. <laughs> and then mm. you've got. Um, but then yes. I suppose you could you could challenge them on that and say, well, is the puppy part of the family? Because yes, I bet many go. of them would very quickly say that their pets the are part of their mm, family. Yeah, absolutely. Rightly so, so. <laughs> so why not the giant? Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought it'd be a nice, yeah. a, a nice way to talk about the children's own families with them and get them yeah. to be proud of their families and where they've come from. And I think you could absolutely develop that within Key Stage 2 because I think... I would be interested to know where children thought that this story was based. Now, the interesting thing is when you're asking me to talk about just PSHCE, I'm thinking this isn't purely PSHCE. Potentially it's English, geography, the whole lot. So I'm just going to share it. You can put it in wherever you want, listeners. But the, I, I think initially, where do we think this is set? Where do we think Tutumu is from? And so now we know it's an Indonesian folktale, but actually do the children initially perceive it as being set abroad? Can they envision it being set within, you know, the UK? Mm. Yeah. And actually, could it be set within the UK? Well, yeah. Does it need to be an Indonesian folktale? Absolutely. And I mm. think then trying to get children to really understand that poverty doesn't exist far away. Yeah. It, it exists near at hand. Mm. Because I think often when we read children's stories of this sort, they automatically look further afield. This is the sort of stuff that would happen over there, you know. And actually, there are people that, you know, there, there are mothers and daughters that farm in England today, mm. probably not with giants, but, you know, <laughs> there absolutely are. And I, I just think bringing this story home, bringing it nearer, mm. so they begin to understand that this, you know, what we're talking about, yes, okay, it involves a diet, giant which is fictional but actually the reality of poverty is not something that necessarily is a distant thing that there will be people that are suffering from poverty in their own towns mm. and i do think then and i and i i'm going to go to the geographical link um i do think then you can actually develop this in geography yeah definitely and i'm, I'm sure we will definitely come back to that um, mm. but just to um take the point that you you made very briefly there about um giants 
obviously being fictional. Um, here in Cambridgeshire, well, in, in Cambridge, the city of Cambridge itself, there is a true life character um, called Moses Carter, known as the mm. Histon Giant. Um, he nice. was absolutely huge. And, you know, he definitely did exist. We know that for yeah. certain because there's historical record. But there is so much legend around him as well. There's a, a rock in one of the pubs in Histon, which he allegedly threw from one side of the village to the other. Love and it. Uh, if he got fed up with people, he would stick their heads in cabbages and, and all sorts of um, wonderful stories like that. So you can see how um, stories maybe did begin from one point in history um, with, you know, a, a particularly large man. You know, even this tale from Indonesia could have been a particularly large man who was the landlord yeah. for yeah. Um, a, a mother and a daughter. And over time, it has developed to a point where the man actually eats the the little girl and she digs her way out or in in this case um the mother performs the heimlich maneuver to to get her mm. out no i'm i think giants are a great thing i mean you know i'm from northern ireland and the giants causeway is all because of finn mccool <laughs> you know i'm all about yeah. that and, and i yes. think everyone that from northern ireland's convinced that finn mccool actually was you know a living breathing giant yeah because we've got the giants causeway to prove it exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> That's all we have time for today, folks. If you try out any of these ideas, or if you'd like us to help you teach a topic you are soon to cover with your young learners, please let us know on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable, and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, Tutamu and the Giant will help us teach maths. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! cheerio. And we hope, hope to, to hear, hear your story, story soon! soon.